1: really working on that's it
2: two hours a week
1: two hours a week working on that nucleus and then as you start to understand the business more then you build it out but two hours a week on the nucleus that workshop Mm -hmm. and then you're good to go like we put these steps together and they're simple that's what people don't realize like so the most effective systems are simple they're not easy but if you do one two three you know, you'll eventually get it. There's nobody coming in, and, you know, taking your inventory and you're like having to hunt anybody down. Like it's really simple.
2: Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast, where I find regular people doing extraordinary and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. And of course, I'm your host, Dr. K. I have with me today Netta, Beyond Ecom. She's doing phenomenal things. When I tell y'all, she's got Amazon on lock, she's got Walmart on lock. She's just and, and not only for herself, but she's teaching people how to do it. And that's the most important thing.
1: Yes, I am so thankful to be here. Thankful to finally come on this podcast. You've interviewed some great people, given them some great questions and really given insight into what it takes to be successful. So I am glad to come in and share like what I've been doing so far.
2: Well, thank you for your time. It's it's always hard to catch up with you and find out what part of the world you are in.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, just like the benefit of traveling is just not something I ever aspired to do, honestly. But like when it came up and then having that freedom and things like that, I'm just like, why not? So we go out, we bring what we can like back to the community. And, you know, I think that's freedom. Just being able to choose one day, like. Maybe I want to try this and not like it. You know, so many people don't have the opportunity to try things and not even know whether they like it or not. So I'm just like really thankful.
2: That is a blessing. And it's a good point that you bring up to have the opportunity to find out if you like it or not. And so many people are stuck in their current situation and afraid to try things because they don't have that that freedom.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So so, what's your favorite place that you've uh, lived or visited?
1: Um, we've moved around so many places, but we lived in, in Georgia a couple of years ago when I was a school teacher and we ended up moving back. So we actually enjoy Georgia, the Atlanta area the most. Um we've lived in like Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, <laughs> all of these places <laughs> wow. and we came back to Georgia because it's just like the environment is second to none. It's just a yeah. plethora of entrepreneurs that are just doing it and we wanted to be a part of that.
2: Man, you, that that's important because I've never lived in Atlanta, but every time I'm there, the energy is different and the the support yeah. system Especially for Black people,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: this being in a place where everybody is encouraging one another, everybody is motivating one another, and you got something to aspire to. You are seeing other people do what and and live the way you want to live.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's it's a little more difficult in places like Oklahoma now. Texas was another hub for us, but it's okay. just like we really didn't find our community in that place. So uh, community has been the biggest difference for us. And once we got to a place where we were able to communicate with people who were like aspiring to do really big things and change lives and things like that, like that's really where we wanted to be. And it just so happened that we tuned into the morning meetup or the social proof podcast like last year in September. And that really caused us to come back and like think about, georgia and moving back there
0: yeah. back here.
2: when you were teaching what was a uh, grade level and subject were you teaching
1: i was teaching ninth grade english so um for about five years i taught eight seventh eighth and ninth grade english mm. and that was that was crazy but i i think getting caught up in um trying to prove people wrong really put me in the wrong position as far as like knowing my value is um, what my value is. So when I realized, you know, you can be good at something, but not necessarily passionate about something and not necessarily being, be in a space that's going yeah. to bring you the most income and the most happiness and stuff. I had to let go of me trying to prove everybody wrong. And I was just like, I can be good at teaching, but i would never be great because it's just not where my heart lies.
2: Wow. When you talk about proving people wrong, what what type of things were were you battling with?
1: Yeah, just the stereotype that, um, you know, teachers only stay in the industry for two years and they are really only... you know, impactful, possibly just for their classroom and just trying to go over and above what everyone expects teachers to do and parents to like them and administration to like them. All of these things, trying to overcome all of these statistics. And it's just like, what What am I really fighting for? I had to really take a step back and think about that.
2: Yeah. What, what led you into teaching?
1: <laughs> My mom is actually a teacher. So she's been um, a teacher's assistant for a while. And it was just natural for me, uh, really helping others and being in the classroom and things like that. And I, I think that predisposition really led me into a place where I was like really comfortable and really successful at it. But um, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't getting, you know, it was paying the bills and we were able to buy our first home and all of that with that income. But yeah. um beyond that, it was just kind of like why exactly am I doing this? Am I really having the impact that I desire to have? And like all of those things were adding up to none.
2: Yeah. I, I can definitely relate to what you're saying about being good and, and skilled at something, but it not being your passion. And, um, you know, that's the way I had to, I guess a lot of people have to do, they have to have their job that can fund and fuel their dream. Right. Um, Cause you really can't just, you still got bills due. Light bills still do. Absolutely. Mortgage still do. So how, how'd you make that transition into your dream?
1: Yeah. So we actually ended up being in like this debt free community and we had been paying off our debt um, to the tune of about one hundred and ten grand. we paid oh. off. <laughs> And we had 160 grand to pay off as far as like all of our credit cards and our student loans and like all of that to pay off. And I had a conversation with my husband. I was just like, wait, you're going to tell me we've been working for three years. And the point is to end up with nothing. Like all this time I was, yeah. doing Uber Eats. I was dropping off food for my actual students and um someone had posted in one of our debt free groups like hey we do e-commerce we were previous teachers and all of this happened and um now we are able to live a lifestyle that's really flex and we have comfortability in doing that so we actually started out trying with like 500 bucks and then like month after that month and month we scaled up from that and then that, that's been it. So that was 2020. You know, it's 2022 now. So we've been doing yeah. it for a while.
2: OK. And uh, did, did it come naturally, come easy? Were there some hiccups before you got going?
1: So uh, it's relatively simple. The process is. The problem is there are so many people trying to teach you like their model of mm-hmm. e-commerce and all these different things that you have to figure out that we were just like, we need to figure out something that's really easy. We don't have to hold inventory and it's really flex. So the people that we were following, they actually essentially worked out of their house as like a warehouse. All of the products would come to their house. They would label them. They would package them. They would ship them off and then, you know, wait for more products to come in and do the same thing over. Well, we started out with that. And after a while we were just like, this makes Whoa. me so anxious. Like <laughs>
2: I, know, right?
1: I have no garage. I have like walls and walls full of inventory of things that have been returned and yeah. all these other things. And I don't want to have to deal with these. So it really took a while for us to figure out what we were comfortable with and what wasn't going to give us anxiety and make us closer to what we desired to have. So that that probably took about six months. And uh, after getting that process down, like we don't hold inventory or anything now, you know, there's no point in you being free and then having to deal with inventory and coming back to your house mm-hmm. and all that. That's just, that's just another job.
2: Yeah. You basically created yourself a job now you're a warehouse worker and, and, uh, logistics yeah. exactly. specialists and all this other stuff.
1: Yeah. You got all of the operations manager, all yeah. of that. And, and it was a really good sale. Like um, the people that we initially followed and they were like, you know, as long, as long as you get your systems down, you could hire someone at like $10 an hour, you know, coming out of your profits and stuff like that. And I was just like, I don't mm. want to do that kind of work. That's crazy to me. Like, I don't, I don't want to own a warehouse. Like that's ridiculous. But yeah, definitely, um, move to like more of a, just ship it to Amazon and don't worry about it model. And, mm. uh, ever since then, like we've just been scaling, scaling up
2: so i've I've seen ads on uh YouTube and things like that is f- for drop shipping so is is that similar to drop shipping or you is it a different model
1: so actually uh Amazon has particular policies around drop shipping okay. and they don't like and or allow drop shipping on amazon so People people will sometimes say drop shipping, but what they actually mean is like they send it to a prep center and then it gets sent into Amazon because okay. you have to have quality control. But um, if it's like if it's like Shopify is definitely drop shipping. If it's Walmart, then they're drop shipping. But if it's Amazon, you're not drop shipping. <laughs> you're not. It's <laughs> it's against their policies, and you will have your account suspended and not get your money back for a while. Okay. Yeah. So that's some of the trouble that people run into, like when they run into a particular ad and things like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I can try. I can make all this money. But um, I would say go with a guide first because Mm -hmm. it's a a place where like things can really happen really fast. And then um, after you get the hang of it, you know, go at your own pace. But it's definitely something that could, you know, swallow you up if you try to get too much information from too many sources.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a lot of noise on on the internet, on social media, and not only related to your industry, e-com, but just anything. I mean, I don't care what it is you want to do. If you want to work out, there's people that tell you you got to be vegan, then the next person's telling you that you're going to need meat, you need your protein, and the next person's telling you work out seven days a week, right? So there's tons of noise. And how did you find the right person for you to work with? When, when you first started out.
1: Yeah, so uh, like I said, we followed a couple of people that did retail arbitrage. So that meant that they were going to like Walmart, Target, Walgreens and buying stuff from online and bringing it to their house. We actually created the we actually created the model ourselves that we do now, and we haven't really seen a lot of people that do it because um Because it requires you to go through, like, a couple of steps to, like, set it up. And you really have to have the nucleus of your business together. Like, that has to be strong. And you have to set aside the time to set those systems up. And we've done that, you know, over a year or so and, like, really perfected that. But we realized that people think automatically when it comes to e-com, like, you're either drop shipping or you're either like having the inventory at your house and like staring at it and you have all these products that are not selling on Shopify and like all this craziness. But I was like, there's actually a happy middle, um, that you could do that people don't necessarily know about. So mm-hmm. that's where we came in and we were like, we don't want to hold inventory. We don't drop ship. We don't do any of that. We follow Amazon's policies because at the end of the day is your money. Um, mm-hmm. And we help you get to the bag. So it's it's less profit if you don't make your house a warehouse. But I think it's worth it. I would rather not be working like, you know, UPS man or something.
2: Yeah, it's a good balance. So it's, it, it may be less profits initially, but it's right. more freedom. And me personally, I'm going for the time freedom. I mean,
1: yes. I,
2: I want to be able to be flexible to travel like you were talking about. Um yeah go to my kids sporting events do things like that is more important to me than right. uh, than always profits the profits are going to grow if you're got the right processes in place right
1: and in like for me um you really cap yourself out right it's not as scalable if you have inventory that's coming to your house because your house is only so big especially if you're trying to mm-hmm. enter the industry and make more money your house is only going to be able to be so big so I'm just like I don't even want to worry about you know, having a bigger warehouse or anything like that. Um, if I could just start out, would I desire to have, take that profit initially and then not have to deal with all the, I have my products here and I need to ship it here, then I need to ship it there, just have the process up front. So um, we provided that solution and then we were off from there. But one of the things that I also noticed about like, Ecom and being in this position is that I'm using the skills that I was using as a teacher also to connect with others. So people think that you come into the industry and it's like you have to become this completely different person. You already have what you need (laughs) to succeed. It's really just emphasizing and captivating on those capabilities and just using that in that particular industry.
2: Yeah. And you being a teacher was probably also not only a good transition for your e-com business, but also for you to be able to educate others, you know, to be in your industry and be successful like you are.
1: Correct. And I think like, especially with podcasting and things like that, I really pigeonholed myself into like this more traditional role. Like I'm going to teach you and this is going to be the outcome and stuff like that. But that is not necessarily successful. So, in figuring out what to do in my lane, resettling, like talking about flipping and stuff, you know, Gary V and people like that talk about it. But in my perspective, it's super boring, right?
0: Okay. <laughs> I, don't,
1: right. I don't want to come to your page and it's like, oh, I flipped five pallets and I got five dollars. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to flip no pallet. So, um, I think I was just like really, I was really inspired to take this turn and add culture to like reselling. Right. So like Mm -hmm. thinking about all of the cultural icons that we know of that started out maybe, you know, selling shirts out of their trunk. It's just like really cultural or like selling perfumes. And it was like when they got the profit from those sales because they were out at the barbershop, they were in the parking lot, they were out there getting it then they were able to launch FUBU or they were able to launch their clothing brands and then like go from there. Like that's really my overall vision and hope for others when they come into reselling is like, just get the basics, understand the market, um, understand consumer demand and then use those profits to go build what you actually want to do. But I really think that you need practice in the marketplace before you put thousands of dollars into a fubu or something to that extent
2: wow well, yeah yeah how how long would it take somebody to get going um knowing nothing, coming to you know you for guidance and mentorship and how right. how long would it take them to get going
1: so we we have a workshop, and on day one your your Amazon seller account is going to be good to go, good to start selling. Mm. Um, So we say coming in with expectations, like after that first month, you'll have everything you need. Second month, you get your profits back and goes from there, right? That's going to be dependent on how much time you spend on it, which we suggest two hours a week, um, really working on- That's it?
2: Two hours a week?
1: Two hours a week working on that nucleus. And then as you start to understand the- business more, then you build it out. But two hours a week on the nucleus, that workshop, Mm -hmm. and then you're good to go. Like we put these steps together and they're simple. That's what people don't realize. Like, so the most effective systems are simple. They're not easy, but if you do one, two, three, you know, you'll eventually get it. There's nobody coming in and, you know, taking your inventory and you're like having to hunt anybody down. Like it's really simple. So, um, when we when we explain that to our students and we get that to them then it's a yeah. whole different conversation and what we tell people is like we want you to become independent just use the information that you have in the market and yeah say, sell your candles sell your t-shirts sell everything that you need to start with but don't go into the the market create a shopify and realize that you have items and items in the back of you that you had to see every day and you can't sell yeah. like what does it even take to sell it you don't even know that
2: yeah um they haven't tested the market so sometimes people end up with a product that they like and they're passionate about mm-hmm. but they're not letting they're not letting the consumer tell them what they want or what's you know sellable
1: right and and we all know when we are looking at a product or we're getting a service or anything of that extent, the first thing that you're going to want to do is analyze the competition.
0: Mm. And when you're
1: analyzing the competition, you know you need to make sure it's in context of what you-
0: traffic jams, tailgating, pileups, ugh, oh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.
1: You are. So if you are a small candle um, business, you're not going to want to go in, you know, analyze bath and body works or anything of that sort. So you want to make sure that you're in a marketplace where you can get that information. And Amazon gives you that information. So that's like the best part okay. about it. And I know some people have also talked about eBay. I don't know yeah. the insights of eBay and whether you can look at someone's sales, how that increases, um, what the customers are saying about their product and those reviews, things yeah. like that. I don't have any clue about that on eBay, but I know in Amazon. You have access to that information, and that's the biggest point in comparison to Shopify.
2: Yeah, so you really, you really teach people how to look at it as a business and not, um, you know, necessarily just a side hustle. Even though it's right. going to start out small and slow, like you said, they're structuring the nucleus and the and the processes of their business to have a right. sound company
1: right and um it's really hard to see when you're like i have this idea i have this vision i know everybody's going to love it it's really hard to see like where exactly do i start and it's just like a really good just starting point just start there with a couple hundred dollars and have a realistic um idea as far as how the business is going to go and how the business is going to scale because we know with a lot of minority companies You're not going to have hundreds of thousands or thousands of dollars to throw into your business and be like, Uh oh, I don't have to worry about that. Um, You kind of got to build it up a little more safely. So helping minorities like do that and grow that and see the actual impact of that income coming back to you and compounding like that is my heart. That is my desire for any of the clients that work with us.
2: If somebody comes to you and they don't already have a t shirt line or brand or something that they're looking to sell, can you help them determine what that product should be?
1: So, there are a couple of different ways you can go into owning your own brand. And mm-hmm. the way we actually went into it was just something that is selling well on the market, uh, doesn't have a lot of competitors. And, um, It's easy to make, right? It's easy to get from China. So that's exactly how we got in. And if they don't have anything that they are necessarily desiring to do, the main thing we preach is ownership. Because if you are selling somebody else's products, you know, something could happen to their business and you are impacted by it, right? Right. But if you're talking about selling something that you own, um, Amazon can't, you know, impact that nobody else can then you need to roll into something that has a little more ownership. It takes a little longer for you to build up, but um, it's more sustainable for you. So you start out really small and then go into this more sustainable model, which I talk about the build out of your business. When you yes. get into sustainability, you always want to get into ownership. And if you don't have an idea already, we we can go in and analyze the market and what something that's already selling well And just get you in there because those profits are between like 30 to 50 percent opposed to between 10 to 20 percent flipping somebody else's product.
2: Okay, so at least there is an option and then somebody can develop their own product, maybe after they've started with a product that's not complete ownership. But the end goal is to get to is to get to ownership, like you're saying.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, we are in that process ourselves. So we have an item that has launched and uh, we have an item in Canada. We have an item in the U.S. that have launched and they're relatively young. So as those are growing and the data comes from those particular products, then we're able to give that information to them and like go from there. So we're excited to be trailblazers in that manner.
2: Yeah, you definitely are trailblazers. You've created your own process, um, yeah. you know, you know, to be successful. And then you've also trailblazing these new products. Is yeah. is there a reason why you have a different product in Canada and the US?
1: Yeah, so it's a it's really competitive to have items in the US because the US consumes the most out of anywhere like we know this information you're buying everything in comparison to everyone else so it's a lot more competitive here so you're going to be putting in a lot more money in the us so starting out with the own your own products um us the minimum would be about six thousand so between six to nine thousand and then um in canada our first product was between three to six So, um, that was, that's a distinct difference. That's like almost double what we started out with. And then, Mm -hmm. um, when I say starting small and reselling, we started with $500, right? But after that $500 had compounded and we didn't take anything away from it, then we got that $3,000 and now we got that $6,000 and it's like, that's the exact stair step to eventually... Um, be able to fund something that we invent or we create from scratch, but we didn't have to start with a couple thousand dollars.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's a smart move. So minimum investment and it lowers your risk at at starting a business because sometimes uh, entrepreneurship can be, can be really expensive. Are you looking to buy or sell your home, but not quite sure if now is the right time? Well, contact Morgan & Co. and allow them to help you make that decision. Morgan & Co. is a leading, top-producing company in Central Virginia. Contact Morgan & Co. today at 804-874-6806 or anytime, day or night, at www.morganandcorealty.com. Now back to the episode.
1: Yes, yes. So, um we started small and it just it's just really been a snowball since then. So, mm-hmm. we're excited about it. It's still the foundation of our business, right? You don't lose those sales. Yeah. You don't stop with that baseline, right? Um but as you have more ownership, if something happens and the brand blows up or the reviews messes up on somebody else's brand, well, I have mine, so I'm not even, you know, really that impacted by it.
2: Yeah, you're insulated.
1: That's, yeah. It's good. Yeah.
2: Um so you were having some struggles with uh your teaching career and you were good at it. I could tell you're a great teacher, you know, just from knowing you and from, you know, the courses and stuff that you've launched for e-com, but you said that wasn't really your passion and that wasn't your purpose. Do you feel like you're in your in your purpose now?
1: Yeah. So, uh what I realized after a while in teaching was that the people think that you impact the system from the inside out, and that's exactly what I went into it thinking, right? I'm gonna go into the industry, be the best teacher, and change the world, the world. But in all honesty, none of none of like let's say the US's best teachers or the people that get the awards have, they've never changed the industry. Um, Most of the people that change the industry are like politicians or, or corporations that own charters and like, you know, do innovative things. And then by stealing students, they force the public schools to actually do something about it because they don't have as much funding. So after I had that realization, I was just like, entrepreneurship from the outside will actually impact my students, my families, all of that more than me sitting in the classroom and trying to like get the same, you know, redundant information to my kids. So after I had that realization and I started walking in it, I'm like, I weigh less now. I like talk more. (laughs) (laughs) I know more interesting people. I get out of the house. It's just like a completely different, um, a complete difference than what I was before. So I truly think that I'm walking in my purpose. You know, I'll definitely have to ask the man when I go up there and like, did I do with did I do do right or did I use the talents that you asked me to? But I think right now, you know, all the goodness that have been that has been happening to us is like telling us like, yes.
2: Yeah, I I think I I can say you're probably walking in your purpose because it's it's easy for you. You're natural at it. And you're innovating. It's coming to you, you know, so fluidly that you've got to be walking in your purpose. Otherwise it'd be, it'd be rough. It'd be more difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's one of the things that we also incorporate in the business is just like, what we want you to do is to get started on something because you getting started in e-commerce could reveal, you know, something about the system that, you realize or you wanted to upgrade and you actually end up going into software and improving the software and things like that. But Mm -hmm. so many people are like so focused on what is in me that they're not doing the action. And sometimes just doing it, you figure out something about yourself and you're like, okay, I kind of like that about myself. (laughs) So um, we encourage you to just like Go, put it all out there and figure out something about yourself. I promise you, you will.
2: Yeah. How is it having a, a life partner that you do business with?
1: Um. So, yeah, I called you when we were in Costa Rica and I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like Nobody told me, like, after you've been married for so long that your partner is, like, not the same person and yeah. i felt like i was getting too comfortable with knowing this person or what they used to be and how they used to respond so we like we had to go through a whole reset like you know what is your disc assessment how can i help you or how can i support you you know what's your love language and things like that so yeah. um it's it's been a real stretch honestly <laughs> and it's only a stretch because i'm a high d and my partner is not. He is like so chill, so calm. And like as a high D, I'm like, I need done now. <laughs> <laughs> so I learning about myself has been the best way to get to know my partner. And I wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered if I was just a teacher, like honestly, because right. everything is in isolation. And then um you come home and sleep and that's it. But um This business has just highlighted so much about the relationship.
2: Yeah, I I can um, attest to that as well, because I do entrepreneur, entrepreneurship with my wife. And so she's my wife. She's my best friend. She's my business partner. You know, so we got all of these different things and we're pretty much around each other. Almost 24 seven. Right. you got to have some time, you know, for yourself and to, you know, still be an individual. But um, I, I think it really helps you grow as as a person. It helps you grow in your relationship, and mm-hmm. uh, and of course, your business can flourish too. But uh, it's not always easy.
1: Yeah. But, no. Now, let me ask you this: At what point were y'all able to they like, both do entrepreneurship? Because that's the next goal for us.
2: Both do entrepreneurship in in, in what way?
1: Yeah, like full time. So, how? What was like your quit number? How did you know? Like, hey, we could both do this, and it'll like it'll be straight for us.
2: Oh, right. So, um, we have what's what's called a freedom number, right? So, you might have in your mind that you want to make three hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand, a million, right? A million's on everybody's mark. Everybody wants to make yeah. a million
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But um, it it truly doesn't take that if you look at your expenses and your overhead and you say okay well my mortgage is 1500 2000 whatever it is car payments and you total these things up you may only really need to make 40,000 because that's your overhead and right. now you've got you know other money that you want to make and that's just because you, you know you want to live a lavish life but your true freedom number might be 40,000 50,000 yep so that's your that's your first target and once you're making that, like you said, when you were talking about your teaching career, mm-hmm. you don't want to just quit your job because now you're trying to fund a business and fund your lifestyle and take care of kids. And that puts more stress on a, on a relationship and a marriage than anything is some financial strain. Right. So, you, you know, you stay stay in your career until you're making enough money to make a smooth transition. And now you can be in business and have that joy and that freedom because you're not stressed about, you know, where the next meal is coming from.
1: Right. Absolutely. That's good.
2: Yeah. But uh, thanks for flipping my, uh, my interview. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah. me. You got me. But um, that that's because you are an awesome uh, interviewer. You're an awesome podcast host. And I do want to tell everybody about your, your show as well. So if you,
1: Yeah. So I'm actually like in the swing of transitioning. So I was like, like I was telling you earlier, I actually wasn't inspired by like reselling and things like that until I made it more relatable to me. Right. Who were some of the icons that I like really look up to whether they troll or not, they're just like good (laughs) personalities. And I would like, I would watch anything that they do. And one of the people that, I think of is like 50 cent so it's like mm-hmm. what did 50 cent do that had anything to do with products or like what did chameleon Air do that had anything to do with products and like all these people were literally on the downfall of their their career and mm-hmm. products are really like what they sold and like help them maintain their sustainability. So on the podcast, I've added that cultural aspect, but what I mostly do is I help people find and fund their purpose through reselling on Amazon and Walmart and just like doing that stair step (laughs) to be able to fund like your eventual dream.
2: I love it. And, um, I'm a big fan of the show and, uh, Thank Before you. too long, I'm probably going to be a student. So uh, oh. I hope you like teaching.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited um, to show people like how simple it is. It yeah. runs itself after a while. Like I like when I say an hour, two hours, that's that's the max that I do. And um, the rest of my life, I'm running around after a toddler. So you get that's that. Awesome. That's, my, uh, <laughs> that's my title. I, I- <laughs> yeah,
2: I call I call that freedom. That's that's true freedom. When you can when you got the time to run after your toddler. If you were teaching, there's no way. You got to come home still great yeah. papers. You're gone. You can't take your toddler with you to school. So, yeah, there's
1: a, there's a lot of guilt that comes with being a teacher mm-hmm. and a second parent to kids and like not seeing your kid for 12 hours at a time.
2: Wow. I thank yeah. you. I thank you for what you do and what you've done.
1: Well, thank you. I am a fan of your show. Also, like I was saying, just the people that you have come on that have like built such good empires. That's how I know like you're connected and your relationships are like really, really done well. Um, Cause good quality people.
2: Thank you. Well, I got something that I love to do on the show. It's called success leaves clues podcast. So I like to point out just a couple of clues that I picked up during our conversation and I'm quite sure the audience is going to pick up a lot more. Okay. Um, so, so one, I picked up that um, you started out with how, how you can be really good at something and be mm-hmm. talented at it, but it not be your passion. And I think that's a key distinction because um, a lot of people are happy with their jobs and they mm-hmm. do a good job, but I think they're failing their self because they're not truly in their, in their gift or their passion. Absolutely. Um, Another thing you talk about is um, your freedom and your circle. Mm -hmm. And so you you even uprooted your family and moved to be in a place that you can be (laughs) more around like minded people. You can be in the in the right circle, the right realm and be motivated and inspired. And I think that's, you know, a, a key to success. Right. Um, yeah. your environment definitely. I mean, even for wildlife and plants, they got to be in the right environment to flourish.
1: Ooh, that's good. That's good. Yes.
2: <laughs> and uh, the the third thing is your your ability to give back and teach, and whether it's in a um, you know schoolhouse environment or whether it's you know through your business, it's still your heart to give back, and I think that can help any business grow, uh, no matter how big or how small we have to have a mindset that we're going to give back what we've learned and what we've, what we've been blessed with. So yeah, So I appreciate you. Um, Sharon, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I know you're busy, so uh, I'm not going to hold you too long, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, we can have you back on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to have a check-in with you and then also have you on the podcast and learn a couple of things about you in that manner. So, you know, I had to flip one question on you because <laughs> I've been wanting to ask some questions, but I'll just have you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
2: you got me good. Let me know and I'm there.
1: All righty. Well, no, so I appreciate we got to it. Play, so thank you so much for your time. Y'all check me out at Beyond Ecom with three M's com
2: and i want to remind everybody if you can dream it you can achieve it until next time on success leaves clues podcast
0: traffic jams tailgating pile-ups the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right